Thank you, thank you. Um, I actually wanted to share a little bit about my prophetic journey with you. Uh, like Sunny said, we've been friends since uh, 1998, and back then I was in seminary with John, and um, you know, probably like a lot of you, I've had a journey with the Holy Spirit. There have been moments when I've been completely open to the Holy Spirit, and then moments when I've been shut down to the Holy Spirit. And um, it's been um, it's been this journey, you know. And uh, when John and I were in seminary, we were part of this very, very charismatic church that could not grow, you know, because it could only reach a certain number of people. It was like a training center. Uh, and then when John and I, we ended up getting married, and then uh, when we moved down to Marietta to uh, uh, to relaunch this church now called Centerpoint. Uh, we're walking the line between um, not really wanting to be seeker-sensitive, which was John's uh, mentor was completely seeker-sensitive, um, and not wanting to be so, um, like, charism charismatic, you know, just kind of, like, just in the middle, like, open to the spirit, like, casting a wide net, seeing, you know, um, wherever anyone is, they can take their next step towards Christ. And and so that's that was our model for a long time. And, and probably we lean more towards um, not charismatic, not Holy Spirit-filled, you know. Um, and there's this one thing that happened to me uh, early on in our time at uh, Centerpoint. Uh, I was, I was, um, I've always had like a prophetic, you know, kind of slant. And this uh, one situation with this woman um, I was giving her a word, and it and somehow, like, came back to just terrorize me. And um, she was really broken. Actually, she's in prison now, so. <laughs> okay, so I wasn't joking. Okay, so, but anyway, so, but, um, but anyway, it came back to really, like, torment me because of the way that it was taken and misused and just distorted, you know? So it actually shut me down. I, it shut me down to everything prophetic forever, like, for a long, long time. Until, dun dun dun, Sunny. Uh, so I have a lot of maybe the same type of uh, story as you guys. So we had invited Sunny and Benjamin to our church for a Seek Week. So our Seek Week is like one week of like prayer and fasting, and we're going deep and asking the Lord what He has. And so we're just really just on our face, just asking God to show Himself, right? And um, actually, we didn't invite um, Sunny. We invited Benjamin, right? And and Benjamin spoke, you know, and he did a great job. He's funny. He's like everything, you know. So he did a great job. And then he's like, and now I'm calling my wife to the platform to, to minister. And there was something about, I hadn't seen Sunny in years, honestly. We hadn't seen each other in years. But something about the way that she was flowing in the fullness of God, it set me on fire again. It actually, it activated me again to walk in my prophetic gift. And that was, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I have to give honor to Sunny where it's due because really her being bold and courageous to be who she is in Christ really set me free to be myself, you know? And so that's, that's the encouragement is that as we are ourselves, all of us, as you are yourself, that you're going to set others free to be themselves in Christ. And so, um, yeah, we, I owe a lot to Sunny. I owe a lot to Sonny and Benjamin. And actually, there was another bait and switch. They asked John to speak for the retreat, and then John said, oh, you're going to speak. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, oops. I hope they're okay with me speaking tonight. But anyway, so anyway, um, I wanted to talk about fear tonight. You know, we're going to talk about fear. I know that fear stands in the way of rest, and I want to deal with that tonight. So um, back at spring break, John and I, we decided we had no plans. Um, we just got this house. Like, you know, we don't have any money to go on vacation. So anyway, so we decided, oh, you know what? We do have money to go, like, to Universal Studios. We'll take the family to Universal Studios. It's super close. You know, uh, we'll just do that. So this is the way that John Hansen does <laughs> amusement parks. Like, we get there, like, before it opens. Like, you know, and we just, like, race through every single ride. Right, right, <laughs> and we're just like, okay, oh, okay, okay, now we're doing this, now we're doing that. And so literally by 1 o'clock, we were done with every single ride. Yeah. Yeah. That's, okay. Okay. So, so we were done, and we're like, oh, gosh, it's only 1 o'clock. Like, we're done. So, uh, and then the, I think we were going to, we decided we were going to do shows, but we had like an hour between the time that the show starts. 
so uh, John's like, oh, yeah, 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 there's this one thing that we're going to do now. And he has these long legs, and he's just, like, going ahead, you know, and we're all trying to keep up with him. Like, I have three kids, Toby, Noah, and Shiloh. And so he's like, yeah, yeah, we're going this way. We're going this way. I'm like, what are we doing? He's like, oh, just, just, we're, we're going to an exhibit. We're going to an exhibit. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? There's, like, one exhibit. It's a walking dead exhibit. It's like... <laughs> It's like a haunted house, right? Basically, it's a nightmare. You know, it's, it's a nightmare. So I hate to be startled. I can't watch horror movies. Uh, I, hate, I hate the jump scares. All of that stuff freaks me out, right? And we're walking in, and I'm like, huh? Huh? Like chainsaws, decapitated people, like blood everywhere. And, and I'm like, what? What is this? And John's like, yeah, yeah, we're doing this. I'm like... What? And so Shiloh and Toby and Noah, like Toby's the oldest, he's 16, Noah's 13, and, uh, and so Shiloh's 10. All of a sudden, Shiloh starts sobbing because she's so scared. She's like, ah! right? And then Toby is like, you know, the older brother, he's like, don't worry, Shiloh, it's all fake. I'll walk with you, Shiloh. Come on, come on, right? And I'm like, I'm actually feeling exactly the same as Shiloh, right? And I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. And so John was behind me at that point, so I turned around like, babe, and I grabbed his arm like this. Guess what he did? I'm like, oh, oh, okay, okay, I guess it's every man for himself, right? <laughs> okay, so basically I ran as fast as I could run through that exhibit with my little short Korean legs. I'm like, whoa. And I literally bolted it out of there. Uh, you know? And, you know, when, as soon as I was out of that exhibit, it was like, back to sunshine. <laughs> back to cranky children. Overpriced food, you know. Forced family fun. And everything was good in the world, right? It was all back to normal. And uh, I'm joking around about fear, but, you know, sometimes fear can be a major trap for us. You know, it can be a major trap for us. It can paralyze us, can keep us in bondage, it can keep us from the things that God wants for us. And, and so we need to break out of that fear. But here's the thing, too. Some of us, we are actually addicted to fear. Right? We, we're addicted to fear because we have this false idea that fear keeps us safe. Right? We think... No, no, no. Fear makes me cautious. Fear makes me alert. Fear makes me protected. Fear, this fear, me being fearful keeps me from harm. You know, and we can think that in our minds that fear is what keeps us safe, but it's a lie. Can I tell you it's a lie? There's a scripture, Psalm 91, starting from verse 2 and 3. I'm going to read out of the NLT, but it says this. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. So do you hear God's word, right? Fear does not protect you. Only God protects you, you know? And fear is different from caution because caution can come from the Lord. Like caution can, can be like something that God is alerting you and warning you, but that's different than fear. We have to get rid of our addiction to fear. We have to get rid of our addiction to fear. So my main point is this. Destroy your faith, no, destroy your fear by building up your faith. Yeah, yeah, destroy or destruct, whatever. Destruct, destroy your fear by building up your faith, okay? Okay, so I'm going to um, have us turn to Joshua chapter 1. That's going to be our main passage. Um, if you want to turn your Bibles or turn on your apps or whatever. Um, so this is the setup for Joshua 1. Moses, the great leader of Israel, is dead. He is dead. He is no longer. He has gone to the Lord. He is not around anymore. And now Joshua has to be the leader of the Israelites. But this is a moment of panic for Joshua because Joshua is being called to take the Israelites into that promised land, something that even Moses could not do. Even Moses, this amazing, incredible leader, 
was not able to take the Israelites into the promised land. And now Joshua, the number two guy, is now being asked to do this. So this is the thing, right? Joshua and Moses had an awesome relationship. You know, it says in, um, I think it's Numbers 11, that Joshua was with Moses since his youth. He has been his assistant and helper since his youth. And at this point in Joshua chapter 1, he's an old man. He's like in his like mid-60s to mid-70s. We don't know how exactly, but he's around that time. So he's, he's not this young guy anymore. He's like an older man. And the person that he's been with his entire life is now gone. Can you imagine how lonely that must feel? The guy that he has served his whole life, that his partner, his person in life, his like adventure man, you know, the the one that he has always held up, that guy is gone, and now it's him. All of a sudden, at like 60 or 70 or 75 years old, now he's it. Can you imagine after a lifetime of being number two, then all of a sudden, tag, you're it, and you're going to do that thing, that that impossible thing that Moses was never able to do, but now you're going to do it. Can you, can, you imagine, can you imagine how afraid you might be if you were given that kind of a task, you know? Okay, so that's where we start in Joshua 1. Okay, so after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, sorry, I don't know how to not do that. Okay, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to leave these. Oh, really? Okay. Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous. You are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not, do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. So you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Okay. So here it is. Joshua, he's so afraid. He's so afraid. He's all alone. And can you just imagine, too, like, you know when you're going through transition in your life and, like, just the compound effect is just too much? And can you imagine how much grief that Joshua is in right now over Moses? It's like a death of a marriage almost, right? I mean, come on. Like, they've been together for so long. It's like he's grieving his person, and then he's got to do this, and then they're actually going to possess the land, and then, and then, and then. It's like too much too soon, but God is asking him to do it. God is asking him to do it. Um, But I think we have to focus on what God is saying. We have to focus on building our faith, building our faith to get rid of the fear. And fear is such a funny thing. When I was in high school, um, I grew up in Virginia, and, um, oh, yeah, really? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Go yes. yes. Virginia. Okay, so I I grew up in Virginia and my um a lot of things happened to me that actually made me like a super fearful person, which is why I want to talk about fear. 
Uh, I, my house got burglarized when I was in second grade, and then it happened again in my 12th grade year, right? So it was uh, my senior year of high school, and I was actually home while the house got burglarized. So, so what happened was I was, it was a Wednesday night because it was like church night, right? So it was Wednesday night, but I stayed home. I was, I was in our little like study downstairs, and we had these doors that go out like that, like French doors that go out, and there's like a little hole that you can kind of see like, you know, what's going on like in the hallway. And so I'm just on the computer, and I'm talking to my friend Ralph on the phone, and, um, and then, <laughs> Ralph, okay. But then, um, so then what happened was I kept seeing like these like shadows going back and forth, and I heard like murmurs, right? And I'm like, oh, Ralph, dude, I think someone's in my house. And he's like, oh, really? Oh, wow, you should probably call the police, but I gotta go. I gotta go to class right now. And I'm like, no, 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 Ralph, Ralph, don't hang up. I think someone's in my house, really, really. He's like, oh yeah, but I can't help you. Sorry, man, you gotta, you gotta call the police. I'm like, Ralph, Ralph, what, what, what? And so then he just like hung up, because he, he really had to go. And I'm freaking out. And I'm freaking out in the study, like by myself, like just on the computer. I had no one else to call, you know? And I'm like, oh shoot, what am I gonna do? So I stayed there for a little while, and then I realized I was like really, really hungry. And then I was like, no, I gotta go to the kitchen. It's snack time. But, I, you know, it's priorities, right? So even though I was so scared, I'm like, I really need a snack. Like, you know, I, I, need, I need food. Okay, so, so then I'm like, in this situation. Okay, so anyway, so I'm like, I really I really need to eat something. Okay, so I'm like, I'm just going to make a run for it. I'm going to go to the kitchen. I know exactly where the snacks are. I'm just going to grab it, eat it. You know, okay, so I just like run to the kitchen, right? I'm like running to the kitchen. I get to the kitchen. It looks okay until I notice, dun, 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 on the counter, there's this huge, like humongous, muddy footprint on the counter, right? And that's when I froze. I was like, oh, like you know what I'm talking about? I I froze. I was like, right, I just I couldn't even like breathe. I was like, it's not one of us because we're Korean. We do not wear shoes in the house, right? It is not my family. I know that for a fact. It is not us. So I'm sitting there staring at this footprint, going, just just can't breathe. I don't know what to do. But then I'm like, oh my God, I'm now I'm hungry and I'm cold. All of a sudden, I'm like, I'm really so cold. It's in the middle of winter in Virginia. It's cold, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to close the window. So there are blinds, and I lifted the blinds so I could close the window. There's no window. There's no window, which is like, in my mind, like a double confirmation that someone's in the house. Because there's like no window. There's like no window. So I'm like, to my car, but I'm like, 
should I? Because then I have to go through the foyer, you know, and what if they shoot me? Like, you know, as I, you know, like, I don't want to die that way. I don't want to die that way, right? I'm like, Jesus, you just need to help me. Okay, I'm going to just make a run for it and go. So thank the Lord, obviously, because I'm here. I made it out of my house, which is like praise the Lord moment, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so seriously, that was like one of the scariest things. But there were more scary things. But anyway, okay, so, but the thing is, fear is not always fake. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, a lot of people say, like, false evidence appearing real. No, no, no. It was real. <laughs> There were really, you know, people in my house. And actually, the police got them later. There were two people in my house, right? Uh, so it can be, like, real danger, like, real danger. But to overcome fear, if we want to destruct fear by building up our faith, I'm going to give you, like, four things, okay? The first thing is this. Focus on what God is saying. Focus on what God is saying. Okay, I'm going to be really honest with you. When I was in the kitchen, you know, before my sister called and I saw that footprint and I saw that the window was gone, I heard the voice of the Lord. I heard him. I really did. I heard him say, get out. Get out. But I I didn't want to listen. You know what I mean? So he sent my sister to curse to me on the phone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he was, he was speaking to me, but I didn't want to listen. You know? But I think we need to, when we want to crush fear, we want to destroy that fear, we need to focus on what God is saying. Focus on what God is saying. See, fear wants to be the loudest voice. It wants to be the biggest voice. It wants to be that voice that bullies you and says, you stay, you stay in the corner. You're powerless. You're weak. Stay down. Stay down. Be my slave. That's what fear wants to do. Fear wants to be the bully, the loudest voice, the biggest voice. But we need to discipline ourselves to really focus on what God is saying. Focus on what God is saying. Focus on what God is saying. If you're a believer, you have all the resources of heaven inside of you. You have the resources of heaven. You're never without. You're never without. And so just access it. Take a minute and focus on what God is saying. Okay, I'm going to read to you from Joshua 2 again, okay, or one chapter, chapter 1, verse 2. Okay, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you, from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the south, in the west including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. So this focus on what God is saying. You know what God is saying to Joshua? He's speaking promises. He's speaking destiny. He's speaking legacy. He's speaking inheritance. He's speaking confidence. That's, these are the things that God is saying. These are the things. These are the things that God is saying. God is not telling you to stay in fear. God is speaking truth, promises, destiny over your life. So we need to take a second and like shut down that fear thing for a second and focus on what God is saying. Focus on what God is saying. Focus on what God is saying. We're going to build something in our lives. You know, we're always building. I think that's the way that we're wired. So we're going to either build our fear, right, or we're going to build our faith. You know what I mean? So what, are, what do you want to build? What do you want to build? Right? We're, just, we're made to do that. So what do you want to build? You've got to focus on what God is saying. Focus on what God is saying. I was recently with my, um, a, a friend of mine, the, the one that we're walking four miles in the morning, four or five miles. And um, she, she's a widow. She's been a widow for the last two years, and she has five kids, right? And she's one of our pastors. And she, um, I love this woman. She's amazing. She, she titled herself Best Widow Ever, right? And uh, so she's been doing like a, you know, a great job being a widow. I mean, really phenomenal. But 
Um, anyway, but she had, she had this situation with her oldest daughter, Grace, who's actually watching our kids this weekend. And she was interfering, and she, you know, she got into a situation where she was really trying to, like, control the situation with her daughter, right? And she, it, it involved, like, her ex-boyfriend and stuff like that, right? And she's like, and then while we're walking, she's like, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm a widow. <laughs> and she never does that, but she did it this morning, that morning. She's like, I'm a widow, and I've never done this before. I've never had a 20-year-old daughter before. I don't know. I mean, isn't, isn't that okay? Isn't there grace for me? You know? And I'm like, but, but Adriana, I'm going to push back on that for a minute. Was there ever a moment where you heard the Spirit of God telling you to stop? Really? Because you have all the resources of heaven inside of you, right? So did you have a moment where you heard from the Holy Spirit telling you to stop it? Stop it. Don't speak another word. Stop it. And she's like, yes. Yes, I did. But I ignored it. <laughs> I did? No. And I'm like, it's true. There's God is always speaking to us. But do we want to focus on it? Do we want to pay attention to what he's saying? And I think if you look back at your situations, if you, like, rewind the tape, you know, and go back and say, gosh, you know that situation with, you know, my ex-husband? Or you know that situation with my son? Or you know that situation in the class? If you're really honest with yourself, you probably heard the voice of God warning you, stopping you, you know, um, correcting you, challenging you, you know, but it's about, are we going to listen? Are we going to listen and focus on what God is saying? You have it. You have it. That's your birthright as a child of God. It's your birthright. So it, if you if you struggle, like, oh, I don't know if I hear the voice of God. It sounds a lot like yourself. It's like, you know, John was talking about the vagus nerve, right? It's, you know, it's like, you. it sounds a lot like yourself, but it's that warning that comes at that moment, you know, that voice of truth. Focus on what God is saying. Focus on what God is saying. And then my second point for destruction here is this. Exercise obedience. Exercise obedience. Let's go to Joshua 1, chapter, uh, verse 6. So 6 to 9. Be strong and courageous. You are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful to do ev- in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to do everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Okay. Three times, right? Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. What do you think God wants us to do? He says it three times. I don't know. I don't know. You know? No, he's saying be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. He means it. He's saying be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Look, there's Joshua. You know, do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. You know, those original words in the text, to be terrified and discouraged, it's like so afraid, um, so afraid that you're literally shaking. And to be so discouraged, it's like that you're going to shatter into pieces because you're so discouraged. Those are the original words. It's like, have you ever been in that place? So terrified and discouraged, like it's all going to fall apart. You're going to explode. You're going to have like an implosion, you know? Um, and sometimes we feel like, you don't understand how scared I am. You don't understand You don't understand that I have no control over my feelings. You don't understand. And we want to pretend that we're victims to our feelings. But it is not true. It is not true. Even me in that kitchen, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? God was speaking to me, and he was telling me how powerful I am over the situation. Get out. Get out. As in, I had a choice. Get out. You know? We have power over our emotions. We are not victims to our emotions. We are not victims to our emotions. And once you obey, the feelings have to line up. They just have to line up. 
you know, I do prayer ministry, and a lot of times people tell me, like, a lot of what we do is, like, forgiveness, right? People are like, I can't forgive. Oh, I don't want to forgive. I'm like, no, no, no. You forgive. You obey the Lord in forgiveness, and your feelings are going to line up. Trust me. And time and time again, the feelings line up. They have to. They have to because we're submitting them under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Right? We don't want to bow to anything except King Jesus. Right? We don't want to bow to fear. We don't want to bow to anxiety. We don't want to bow to paralysis, to bondage. We only bow to King Jesus. So we exercise obedience. What is it that God is asking you to do? What is it? What is it that God is asking you to do? Okay, so a couple years back when I I took the same class as Sunday Temple. When we went to seminary, I, I studied under this guy named Charles Kraft and all the inner healing stuff that Sunny does. And, you know, I learned all that stuff too good. I was freaked out out of my mind, so I didn't want to do it, right? So, um, I, but a couple years back, like, you know, years ago, um, I felt like the Lord was calling me to start the prayer, the prayer ministry at our church, right? Um, and to call it Freedom Prayer. But I did not want to do it. I was so scared. And I'm telling you, like, I, I now have authority over fear, but I was not like that before. I was so scared, and I was, trust me, I was so happy to live a very small existence. I was very, very content to just be in the nursery, <laughs> right, and just, you know, hide, you know, and to, you know, trust me, that's, that's, that's how I was. But the Lord kept harassing me. Start this, right? Do you know what I'm saying when the Lord harasses you? He was harassing me, you know, harassing me. Start this prayer ministry. Start this prayer ministry. Start this prayer. And I'm just crying. I'm like, are you sure? Like, I'm so scared. Like, I'm scared the devil's going to kick my butt. You know, I'm scared the demons are not going to listen to me. You know, I'm scared that I'm going to be made a fool. You know, that I'm going to be the the, the, mock, the the one that's being mocked. You know what I'm saying? I'm scared nothing's going to happen. People are going to come for help. Desperate people are going to come, and they're going to get nothing. You know, all these scenarios going through my head, like, you know, I, I'm not going to know what to do. I'm going to freeze. I'm going to choke. You know, people are going to come, and they're going to just leave so disappointed. And they're going to be like, wow, I really thought you could help me. Sorry. <laughs> you know, like, just like letting people down, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, like, afraid. I'm afraid of all this. But the Lord kept harassing me, like I was saying. And, and so I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Okay, fine. I'm like the most reluctant person. Okay, so I'm like, okay, fine, fine. So every night before the prayer uh, sessions would happen, all night long, the devil would, like, kick my butt, you know? Like, I would have, like, these demonic nightmares, and all, you know, all this stuff. I wake up, I can't breathe, you know? Just, uh, it's just everything, like, horrible, right? So in the morning, I'm, like, bawling before the Lord, like, God, are you sure? Are you, are, are you sure you want me to do this? Like, I don't want to do this. Like, I didn't ask you to do this. Like, I really think I'm not the right person to do this. Like, really? I Really? I am not, I'm not supposed to do this. Like, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared, right? And then, and then, uh, are you sure? Are you sure you're calling me? Like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do it, right? And then I'm like, God, you need to tell me, like, what is, what, what you want me to do? And he'd just be like, get up, you know, wash your face, <laughs> put on some makeup, Go to that church and set people free, you know? And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So I just wash my face. I'm being brutally honest. I'm not exaggerating. Like, this is, like, literally the truth. It's funny, right? But, okay. So I wash my face. I wash my face, try and put on some makeup. And, you know, my early um, people that I prayed for, my prayees, like, I'd be like, hi, how can I pray for you? trying to control my shaking, like, how can I pray for you? Like, you know, like, I'm, like, so scared. But, you know, the crazy thing happened is that people got set free. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. People got set free. Lives were changed. And then before I knew it, I actually had authority over fear. Right? And it didn't come from avoiding the fearful situation, right? It came by confronting it 
and exercising obedience. You know, the devil was trying to get me to live this small, 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 small life. And I was so ready to agree with him. I'm like, yeah, you're good. We're good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, I don't want a big life. I want a, I want a really, really small life. Safe. Like, that. that's it, right? But God was just pulling me, pulling me, pulling me into greater things, into destiny, into freedom, and joy, even joy. Now, I actually have joy now. It took a long time, but, but I have joy now in doing this, you know? And I think that that's what the fullness of God is what God wants for us, you know? But it comes through focusing on what God says and exercising obedience. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. You know, what does God want you to do that you're afraid of doing? You know? What does he want you to do that you're afraid of doing? Okay. The third, the third practical step for overcoming the fear is this. Arm yourselves with God's word. Arm yourself. Arm yourself with God's word. Arm yourself with God's word. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 7, it says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not, do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do, right? And honestly, when I was younger, I would read this and be so confused by God. Like, why? Why do you want us to do exactly what you say? You know? <laughs> why? Are you such an egomaniac? You know? You want us to do exactly what you say. Exactly what you say. You know? Like, just, you want a robot. Exactly what you say. You know, in my mind, I thought that. Like, I didn't understand. But the Lord showed me, you know, the weapon, the word of God is the most powerful weapon on earth. So he's saying, use it rightly. Use it correctly. Do not deviate from the, you know, to the right or to the left. Obey everything in it, and then you will prosper and succeed. That's super important. He's giving you the most powerful weapon to overcome everything, and it's in your hands. And maybe that's all we need to hear tonight, is that arm yourself with God's word. Arm yourself with God's word. It's so powerful. You know, sometimes we just take it for granted. We're like, oh, God, do I really have to worry about today? Just me? All right, why are you not laughing? Okay, anyway. <laughs> We're in Jeremiah right now. This is kind of brutal. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, but, <clears throat> but yes, but the words of God are so powerful, so powerful. And he's arming us for battle and saying, you can destroy any, anything with the word of God. You can destroy anything, any lie, anything. You can destroy it with the word of God. In Hebrews 4, 12, it says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest, sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Yeah. God's word is so powerful. God's word is so powerful. And it can help you in any situation, right? And this seems simple, but maybe you need to hear this. Like, I often use the promises of God to speak it back to God, you know? So when I'm so confused and I'm, I'm in a troubled situation and I, I don't know which way to go, and, you know, instead of just crying out, God, help me, God, help me, I'm, I'll, I'll just think, you know, God, you say your word is a light unto my feet, a lamp unto my, or a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, right? So show me, where am I supposed to go? Light it up. Light it up. Show me. You know, and it's this interaction between us. You know, and it's just truth that sets me free. And I think that he wants that for all of us. You need to arm yourself. You're more powerful than you realize. You're made in the image of God. There's so much for you. 
But we need that spirit of truth. We need the truth to set us free. You know? And then the final thing I'll say is this. Remember God is with you. In Joshua 1.5, it says, No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. And then in Joshua 1.9, This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When God says something more than once, you kind of have to pay attention, right? Yeah. Right? So he's like, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. I'm going to be with you. 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 You know? So he's, he's giving you such a clear promise. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. I think that's part of it is that we, we don't want to be alone. I'm scared to do this. Even when I was doing that freedom prayer thing, I was so scared. I'm like, it's like me versus the devil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which I'm thinking, right? Instead of thinking, I have God with me in that room, you know, and, and I have access to everything that he has, you know, and he's going to fight my battle for me, you know, I'm just, I just need to be there, you know, um, my, my daughter, Shiloh, she, um, she's funny, she's, uh, 10, I think I traumatized her, I don't know how, but, um, somehow, like, sometimes, like, you know, we have a larger house now, we used to have, a, like, a really, really small house, but, and we have a larger house now, and all of a sudden, she'll be like, mom, you know, I'm like, I'm right here. And she's, oh. <laughs> she's so afraid of being alone, you know? But it's not like I'm doing anything to help her. And she's almost as big as me. Like, what am I really going to do to help her? You know? But as long as she knows I'm there, she's okay. You know? But I think there's something in that for all of us. As long as we know God is with us, we're going to be okay. So remind yourself, remember, God is with you. God is with you. And I love what he says in verse 9. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do you notice that? It's like, it's not even like, you know, you'll be with me wherever I am. Go with me wherever I am. No, it's like, I'll be with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, I'm going to be with you. What a promise, right? It's like, wherever you go, wherever you go, I'm going to be with you. What a promise. What a commitment to us. You know? I think there's so much for this body, you know, and God has been reminding me so much about who you guys are. I know that, <clears throat> I know that this is a, um, a mix of different churches, you know, three different churches, but the Lord has been just reminding me about, um, remember, if you were there, like, when I came in January of 2017, I remember I called you guys general. Yeah, and God kept reminding me of that word. God kept reminding me of that word. And then he also reminded me of this word. It's actually in Jeremiah, in 12, 5. It says, if racing against mere men makes you tired, how will you race against horses? If racing against mere men makes you tired, how will you race against horses? But what's implied in there is that you were made to race against horses. You get what I'm saying? There's more for you guys. There's this strength that's supposed to rise up. There's this strength, this power that's yours. But, you know, as I've been praying, the Lord also, he, like, this, the whole night, the Lord told me something. The whole night. And then I woke up with this phrase in my head, and it's this. You will have what your faith expects. Okay, and then I'm like, is it a promise wrapped in a challenge? Or is it a challenge wrapped in a promise? What is it? Is it a promise? Is it a challenge? Is, you know, how does that hit you? You will have what your faith expects. You will have what your faith expects. And I, I think the Lord really wants to do a work in your you know, to expect more, to expect so much more, so much more. You know, so what is your faith expecting? Does your faith expect you to be let down? 
you know, disappointed like I, like I was when I was starting my freedom prayer. My faith expected that the devil was going to whip my butt. You know? My faith expected I was going to be ridiculed. You know? Humiliated. Right? But the Lord was teaching me to trust him. To believe him for all of his promises. You will have what your faith expects. You will have what your faith expects. I know we're talking about rest at this retreat. And um, it's so funny. We sing that song. I will rest in your promises. My confidence is your faithfulness. Right? I will rest in your promises. And I think that's where God wants us to be, is resting in the promises. My confidence is his faithfulness. This one thing that I, w- I read, it said, there's only one thing to fear. It's faithlessness. There's only one thing to fear. And then in Hebrews, you don't have to turn there, but it says, Hebrews 3.19, it says, So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. It's their unbelief that blocked them from rest. And then in Hebrews 4.1, it says, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. That's the only thing that we need to be afraid of is like faithlessness, not having enough faith, you know? We don't need to fear the devil. We don't need to fear God being faithful to us, you know? The only thing we need to fear is us us not having faith in what God can do in and through us, in our situation, to pull through for you, you know, to be an influencer in this world, you know, to reach those who are lost, you know? In verse 6, it says, Hebrews 4, 6, So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. They didn't have faith, right? So God sent another time for entering his rest. And that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Yeah. Is it hot in here? Whew, hot. Hot lava. You guys are like marathon people. Like our church, we're done in like hour and ten minutes. Okay, anyway. So uh, I thought maybe we could do a little bit of prayer though, okay? And it's not going to be wild prayer. It's going to be quiet prayer, you know? And I just, I, I know that I carry a prophetic gift. I do. I do. But I really believe that God wants you to hear for yourself tonight. I really do. I, I think he wants to, to speak straight to your hearts. Straight to your hearts. So we're going to ask God a couple questions tonight. So maybe get comfortable. Close your eyes. And let's ask him some questions and really believe that he's going to answer. Okay, let's, the first question is this. Jesus, how do you see me that's different than how I see myself? Okay. So I want you to just close your eyes and, and settle in with the Lord. Jesus, how do you see me? That's different than how I see myself. I hear beloved 
I hear powerful ones. I hear influencer. I, I hear that you're a weapon in my hand. I hear you're made in his image. I hear that you're qualified. And I hear that you're bigger than that challenge before you. You are bigger. You, with the spirit of God living inside you, you are bigger than that challenge before you. I hear that you have all the affection of heaven. hear that you're important and that you've been set apart. I hear the Lord sees you. You're not invisible. You don't go unnoticed. His eyes are focused on you. I hear that you are the joy set before him. Okay, let's ask him another question. Jesus, if I did not have this fear, what could you do in me? If I did not have this fear, what could you do in me? And then show me right now. What could you do in me, Jesus, if I did not have this fear? If I did not partner with this fear, Jesus, what could you do in me? see mountains bowing before you. I see like a picture of the earth and all of a sudden it turns green. I see like lights turning on all over the place. You know? uh, I see businesses. I see innovation. I actually see money like flowing, like finances flowing. I see restored relationships. I see like families being made whole, like marriages being repaired. I see like promotions, even like full job changes, you know? I see buildings being built. Marriages. Ministry, like flowing. Ministry flowing, like synergy. Vulnerability, just like so much like transparency and just synergy and unity. Okay, I also see a picture of Jesus and he's like, removing the fear, and the fear is like a little pet, you know, and he's like gently like removing the pet, 
like from under your arms. And you, you've got this pet. You're like, no, no, I need the pet. No, but Jesus is removing the pet and saying, you don't need that anymore. You don't need it anymore. Yeah. That fear does not keep you safe. You can lose that addiction to fear right now. Allow the Lord to be your safety. Allow him to be your strength. I see like a picture of a cliff and like we're all just jumping off the cliff. But then like magically, we're like walking in the air. You know, because the Lord is there, we can't see him, but we're all walking in the air. We're all being caught. And some of us are even being lifted, you know, into the sky, like flying. Let's ask another question, okay? Jesus, Jesus, what resource do I have in you that I have not been accessing? Okay? Jesus, what resource do I have in you that I have not been accessing? Right away I heard, you have more love. <laughs> you have more love than you've been accessing. You have more peace than you've been accessing. You have more power. You have more power. You have more power. You have more influence than you've been accessing. I keep hearing influence again and again. I, I really believe that influence is on this house. You have more influence than you've been accessing. And I also kept hearing, like, you have more obedience inside of you than you've been giving to the Lord, you know? The word about the God's generals, I really heard that so many of you guys are like God's generals, you know? But you know how a general becomes a general? is by learning to submit and learning to be obedient. Like, and going through years and years of being under submission. Years and years of being, like, under authority. And the Lord kept highlighting that for me as I was preparing and um, praying for this retreat, that that's a word for you guys. You guys, obey. 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 Obey what God is telling you. So, Jesus, I want to repent on behalf of Living Hope for holding on to fear, letting fear be that loudest voice, yeah, letting fear uh, get us in a place of paralysis, bondage, shame. Jesus, forgive us. Yeah. Forgive us for even having a soul tie with fear, you know? It's like a soul tie. Forgive us, Lord. We want to only have a soul tie with you, God. And we want to only bow to you, King Jesus. I have another question, okay? Jesus, what 
aspect of who you are do you want me to celebrate right now? Okay? What aspect of who you are do you want me to celebrate right now? lover then I saw an anchor ever faithful one I saw that he's constant he never changes he's always the same I saw resurrection power heard indweller. He's the indweller. Let's celebrate that he's the indweller. That he makes all things new. Yeah. He's quick to forgive. He never holds a grudge. Okay, this is my uh, last question, okay? So Jesus, if I truly surrender all my fear to you, if I submit it under the lordship of Jesus Christ, what promise do you have for me? Does anyone want to share what they heard from the Lord? Any of it. Don't don't all just jump at once, okay? saw like the Lord like like a woman giving birth you know like he will give birth to new things inside of you yeah he'll bring new life out of you and you might have felt like that barren woman you know who could never have a pregnancy who could never have Anything fruitful come from your life? But I, I see God doing something new. 
birthing it out of you, you know. You will have what your faith expects. Jesus, I thank you for who you are. You are so faithful. Jesus, you have never let me down. You have never let me down. And you took this scaredy cat girl, so afraid of everything, wanting such a small life. And you stretched me and you pushed me, um, challenged me um, to look more like you. So, Jesus, I'm asking that you would do that for all of us here, Lord. That you would um, break our mindsets of small living, of living in fear, of living paralyzed, in bondage, tormented. And set us free to be the people that you called us to be. Those powerful people. Anointed people. Full of love. Full of kindness. Full of generosity. Generosity. 